I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 3. Acts, chapter 3. I'm going to read from the New King James this morning, and uh, this is a, probably a familiar uh, passage of Scripture to some of you, but I, I want to read it all just for us to get the context again of what's going on. And I want to talk today about rise up for victory. I listened to our new president's speech yesterday, and, uh, or Friday, I guess it was, and, you know, God recognizes authority. He's delegated dominion and authority. When he created mankind, he said that, uh, he told us that he'd given to us uh, dominion and authority. We're to rule over all. We're to, to uh, oversee all. And so geographically, geopolitically, I believe that there's realms of authority that God delegates and that he watches. So uh, anytime that there's a position, uh, uh, as I said, geopolitical uh, area, that that's uh, whoever's in, in authority there, they, they hold a, a big swing, no matter what country, what nation it is. And, and, and when you're praying for various places and countries and nations, it's a big part of it to pray for the, the rulers and the governors and the overseers of that country. In fact, Paul told us in Timothy to pray for those that are over you. And so as I was listening to our president, I, he said some things that, that was really struck me, and I thought, you know what, okay, this is what God's saying to the church. And so if this is being released and our, our nation is being opened up for this, this is the time for us to move and take advantage of, of it. He mentioned something that said it was, it's time now for the people to govern uh, our land is what he said. And, and I believe it's time for uh, believers to rise up and to, be, and to exercise uh, authority, uh, Christian principles on and over this land. He said, when America is united, America is totally unstoppable talking about unity, and I believe that as a church, we need to unite together, and we need other believers to unite together. I believe this can be a, a great year ahead of us. And he, uh, he also said something about we must think big and dream even bigger. That's what we need to do, church. We need to think big and dream even bigger. When, we're being, when God's opening up uh, and releasing to us an opportunity for victory, then we need to think big and dream even bigger. We need to get out from our self-imposed limitations and move forward and have the mind of God. Uh, he also said no longer that, that we no longer accept politicians who are all talk and no action, constantly complaining but never doing anything about it. Well, praise God for that. That's the same thing in the church. Is we don't need to just constantly complain about something, but we need to put some action to it. We need faith without works is dead, and so we need to change things. We need to be changers. We need to be looking for change in our lives and in uh, this country and this nation and then what God is doing around the world. So if that's what our umbrella of authority is, is saying and making statements that releases us into it as well and I think that we need to take advantage of it to move in what God has for us let's pray together this morning heavenly father I thank you for your anointing father I ask that you would just anoint this word as it goes forth today that it would just touch our hearts penetrate our hearts and just shake us to our very core the foundation of our life, Father, that we wouldn't be complacent and, and be uh, willing to just settle for, uh, for just the, the, the average or uh, the status quo, but, Father, that we want all that you have for us. And so, Lord, just bless this word now in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 3, verse 1, the writer says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. That's about 3, 30, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And he says, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb. Everybody say, lame from his mother's womb. 
was carried. Say carried. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him, he must be from Te- this must have been a Texas writer, you know, they would say we're fixing to do what when we're fixing to do that, so it must be from Texas. And he says, and fixing his eyes on him with John, uh, Peter said, Look at us. Look at me. <laughs> he says, So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Say, rise up. up. Look at your neighbor and say, rise up. up. Verse 7 says, And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all of the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging, begging uh, alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. You know, you usually don't expect more than what you've gotten used to. We're just creatures of habit and there are certain things that we fall back on our default program. And, and we just usually don't expect more than what we've gotten used to. I think that's why Jesus talked about children that to have a childlike faith because kids hadn't had that many failures and so they don't know any different than just to believe. But it seems like the older we get, we look back and we have a tendency to exercise our faith to the degree of what we've experienced in the past. But that's not right. That, that is hindering our faith. And what we're doing is we are... We are putting around us self-imposed limitations. I read a story one time about this fish. I think it was a fire-belly pacu. Fire-belly pacu. It gets to be a pretty good-sized fish. Uh, it's kind of like an Oscar. Some of you fish lovers have got any people that raise fish. Stuff like that. Okay, so I can say basically anything I want. Huh? And <laughs> anyway, um, his favorite food was goldfish. And so they drop a goldfish in there and, and they gobble it up. And it was gone. So what they did was they took this piece of glass and they placed it down in the aquarium that fit and it separated this big fish, this fire belly pacu, from, its, from the goldfish. And they dropped a goldfish in there and the, that pacu turned around and bam! And hit that glass. Bounced back. Went, what? Got back over there to come around again. Bam! Hit that glass. Did it about four or five times. And then it began to go over buy it, swim up close to the glass, kind of look around. Here's the goldfish just swimming around over there. And the Paku began to see it, and pretty soon he just went about his way. After a while, they took the glass out. Those goldfish could swim all around that Paku, but he wouldn't do anything to them. Wasn't any glass involved anymore. There was no barriers there. The only barrier was his own barrier, his self-imposed limitations. And so he refused to to get what he you know what he was really entitled to his fish what he really liked he liked goldfish but he didn't because he had been accustomed he has in his mind now he thinks i can't do that because there's a barrier there so he just gives up you know we're about the same way i also read a story one time about the circus and i heard that they're closing ringling brothers whoever they are they're closing down the circus no more they're not gonna have it anymore but back in the day when they had it they 
had elephants. And when elephants were, are small, they tie these big chains around their leg. And they have these kind of spikes that when they pull, it kind of bites into their, to their hind leg. And they pull as far as they can pull. And that chain, the big old huge uh, iron stakes drive into the ground. And the elephant pulls against it. And, and that chain tightens around his foot. And he, so he backs up. And so pulls and backs up and pulls and backs up. He gets used to that. All the time while he's just a little, little elephant that when they get older, they just take him in and outside the elephant tent, you know, they just tie a wooden stake and a rope around the elephant's leg and the elephant will pull to he feels a little bit of tension and stop because he's been trained, he's been conditioned to know that, hey, I can't pull, I'm, I'm staked down here, I can't get away, I've, I know that, that's my normal, that's, that's how I was raised, I've known this from birth. One day the tent caught on fire and the elephant pulled against the rope, felt a little bit of fire. Pulled against the rope, felt a little bit of fire. Pulled against the rope, and the fire got higher until finally the, ele- the fire was greater than the pull on his le- foot, and he just pulled that stake up, and off they went. The elephants ran off. And they said that they could never tie those elephants down again, even with the big, huge stakes and the chains, because they broke free, and they said, hey, you know, we, I can do this. I'm not held back by these chains. And they pulled free, and they said they could never chain them up again. I want to tell you something. There's some things in our life that we need to pull free from. There's some self-imposed limitations. And God says that those things aren't holding you back anymore. Your past does not have to dictate your future. Well, here's a man that from birth, he's lame from birth. All he's ever known was lameness. From birth. And uh, so he starts to just uh, settle in and say, you know, this is, this is my life. Uh, you know, and he didn't expect anything more than that because that's what he'd gotten used to. And, and he began to settle for the familiar rather than push toward the unknown. And that's what we do, isn't it? We just settle for the familiar and we refuse to push forward into the unknown because we don't know what's there. But we know what this is, even though it might not be good or desirable or whatever, but that's what we know. The result is that Satan then looks at that and he says, hey, here's an opportunity for me. And he begins to build these strongholds of lethargy and doubt and complacency and apathy. And we just settle back into it because that's what our norm is. And we just begin to feel those things. And so we just, you know, this is this is just who I am, this is what's going on, and we refuse to, or we don't even know that, that there's anything different. And so we become confined into our comfort zone, if you will, because that's what we know, and that's where we're comfortable. We don't know what's out there, and maybe conditioned by our past, we don't want to step out there either because of the unknown. So, you know, the old saying says that you usually get what you expect, you usually get what you expect, and you deserve what you tolerate. Have you ever heard that before? You usually get what you expect, and you deserve what you tolerate. Ouch. But you usually get what you, don't, what you expect. I don't trust men at all, she might say. Well, you usually get what you expect. I'm stuck in this position at work. I'll never, they'll, you know, I'll never get a raise. They'll just pass me up. Well, you usually get what you expect. I'm afraid to go to that church. You know, they, they might not like me. You usually get what you expect. I can't go back to school. I can't remember. You usually get what you expect. I'm too old. I, 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 I don't think I can do that anymore. You usually get what you expect. 
I can't do this, I can't do that. You usually get what you expect. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You usually get what you expect because expectations will keep you stuck because you have a tendency to use the past to predict the future. We need to get out of that. You need to break that. And you might not even be aware that you're doing it. You say, well, Pastor, how do I know whether I'm doing that or not? If you're in a rut, if you're stuck in You know what a rut is, don't you? It's just a grave with both ends knocked out of it. Children of Israel got into a rut going around, you know, the Mount Sinai. They just kept, you know, wandering around, wandering around. You know, your memory replays your past. And your imagination preplays your future. Your memory replays the past, but your imagination preplays your future. What do you think we should be functioning in? Our imagination. You know, that's why, again, Jesus looking at kids and saying, you know, you have a, have a childlike faith like a child. Kids have a, a wonderful imagination, don't they? A wonderful imagination. And they don't have much history. They don't have much past. They just have a wonderful imagination. And they just believe that they can do it, you know. And just to, they begin to create and, and, and begin to play in that particular world. They begin to see themselves there. You know, why, why have we lost that capability? Why have we lost that? Why have we put it aside? Well, you know, I'm an, I'm an adult. And, and, you know, i got to live in the real world. What is the real world? Do you want to live in the past, and do you want to have a? You want to just maintain your rut, your pattern, your routine, or does God have something better for you in the future? What do you think? Do you think this is all that you're to ever have here on this earth? Is this is this it? Is if you look at your life right now, is this it? Is this all that you're that you want? Are you satisfied, or have you just settled for what you have and you don't push forward anymore? Studies show that the brain uses about the same, same areas of the brain for rem- remembering as it does for imagination. The difference is, is what you choose to use. You know, we've lost our creativity. We're, we're created in the, in the image of God, and he's the creator. Most people don't believe that the future is going to get any better, and so they just are settled to live in the past. You listen to the devil, he'll tell you all kinds of stuff about the future, but he doesn't really know the future, he, he, but he predicts the future, and if he can get you to believe it, then you know what? You usually get what you expect. So most of the time, we don't believe that our future is going to get any better than what we've had in the past, and so we just continue to live our lives that way, and, and you know what happens is there's some subconscious things that begin to affect us. You know, we just begin to settle for the same old, same old. And we get used to that and we get comfortable with that and here it becomes our comfort zone. And so really the big difference is in what you expect. What do you expect? What do you expect? Do you get up in the morning with expectations or you just get up in the morning the same old morning? The same old morning. He was lame from birth. All he knew was lameness. And when he get up in the morning, somebody would carry him to the temple, to the, the gate, the beautiful gate, every day. Same old thing. You know, he got up. He didn't expect to walk. He was expecting somebody to come and carry him to the gate. Hello. He wasn't looking for a miracle. He was looking for somebody to come that always did, just like yesterday and just like tomorrow, going to carry me and lay me in my spot so he could beg for alms. Some of you are just, set, you're just as satisfied to sit there and lay there on the ground with your cup waiting for coins to drop rather than expect something different from God. Oh, well. Lord, you didn't tell me to be this quiet. <laughs> you usually get 
what you expect. Don't shout me down. Don't get mad at me. I want to shake you loose. I want to rock your world today. I want to shake you loose. I want you to rise up. Hallelujah. I don't know what you came to do, but I didn't come to play church. I came to go further than what I've been. I came to rise up and step into a new dimension. How do you change your expectation then? If that's the key, how do you change this expectation? Well, you know, faith and hope are designed to raise your expectation. Think about it. When, you're, when faith has risen in you and hope uh, you know, uh, rises up in you, you begin to actually believe that God could do something different, that there might be something different there. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And you say, well, man, it'd be great to just live in that realm. But, you know, I, what happened was the music got just right and, and it started to move like, and the lights came down. And, and that, so if I could just get into that. Now, come on. That's not it. It's into you and what you expect and what, you, what you're looking to God, looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Let me jump ahead just a little bit in the story. And he was looking at Peter and, and John, and he was he expecting to receive something from him, but he was expecting the same old, same old. And Peter looked down at him and says, I'm going to tell you something. I didn't come here with religion like everybody else that passes by you going into the temple. They just drop a few coins into your cup. I, don't ha- I didn't come to bring you the same old, same old, but what I do have... I will give unto you. If you want it, I can give that to you. And he reached up and he said, yes. And he looked at him then, wanting, ready to receive. Praise God. We need to have a change. I hope this is your change in your expectation. That you want something different. This is a year of victory. uh, And we need to move forward. You know? Don't be satisfied to live down there, you know, uh, begging with a cup just raised up, just getting a little bit, a little bit. Satan will just give you a little bit, just drop a little bit in so that you can just be satisfied with your same old, same old. When we were in India and we went up to Dramsala where the Dalai Lama is and along that, what they call the Temple Road, all the beggars would sit there and there were people with leprosy sitting there and they'd put a little bit of oil in the bottom of their cup so it didn't sound so loud when change dropped through. And that's what they did every day. And what I noticed was every day the same people were there and they had their cups and they were just begging and begging and begging. I thought, my goodness, you know, what an outlook. You know, what are you going to do tomorrow? Well, I'm going to be right here with my cup. Just hoping I can get just a little bit. Just if I can just get just a little bit of change. Come on, people. You know what? That's what, that's what we've settled for. The church is just settling to sit down and just to wave our cup and just get a little bit. And just, if we can just get a little bit, then that's okay. Because you know, I'm comfortable with where I am. I've got it all figured out now. I can make it. You know, I, can, I can make it. When you're like that, you're not even exercising any faith. You don't need faith for that. Because you're doing it on your own. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Rather than stay down here where everything is recognized and routine in the rut, it's time to rise up and get out of your rut. Tell somebody, time to rise up. (laughs) Say, it's time to rise up. Look at three people and say, get out of your rut. Get out of your rut. Say, I'm about to break free. I'm about to break free. I'm about to break free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, this isn't for everybody, but it's for somebody. And somebody needs to get this and break free today. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but somebody's going to get this and they're going to break free. The Lord wants you to rise up. 
The devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life and more abundantly. Not sitting on the ground with a little cup, you know, waving around and just settling for what's... (laughs) My, my, my. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. It's interesting that he distinguishes and says the ninth hour. The NIV says 3 p.m. or something like that. But I think it's interesting to recognize how they say the ninth hour. See, nine is a trinity of trinities which denotes fullness of strength. It was the time, like Rachel was saying, you know, and it's the time right now. Everything's together, fullness of strength. This is a year of complete victory, and now it's time to come up and, and get ready to receive what God has for you. Y'all, y'all ain't getting this. Y'all, y'all ain't getting this. Man, this is the time. This is the hour. Don't sit back. Don't be sitting down in your rut when God's coming by to yank you up. That's an interesting thing because Peter said, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but he was still sitting there. So Peter reached out and grabbed him and yanked. I hope I can yank somebody up out of their rut today. Hallelujah. You know, really this, this story is full of oxymorons. You know, it's a bittersweet story. It's a, um, in fact, he was saying probably good grief. I mean, his grief he thought was good. So he had good grief. Is there any grief that's good? But yet in his grief and in his lowliness, he thought it was good. He was settled because somebody's going to carry him out there. He's going to sit there and, and do his thing. Then they're going to take him back. And he was in his rut. And what we see here is a, a man making the best of a sad situation. See how that, that's an oxymoron in itself. Making the best of a sad situation. A, a, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb. He'd been lame since he was from birth, that's all that he knows and, and all that he's ever seen is lameness. And when he looks around, those that are beside him, they're lame. And so he hangs out with lame people. You know, if you hang out with lame people, you're going to stay in your lameness. Like that one saying says, it's hard to soar with the eagles when you work with turkeys. Yeah, yeah. But who are you hanging out with? You might have to work with somebody. You know, you might have to walk past, but you don't have to stay in your lameness. You don't have to let your, your past be your disability that holds you in. That, oh, come on now. Are, are y'all understanding this today? I've read this story many, 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 many times. And all of a sudden, it just slapped me in the face. Just slapped me in the face. And I just heard, you usually are attracted to what you're exposed to. You usually get what you expect. Those are things that just kept running. You're usually attracted to what you're exposed to. If you're always exposed to, lame, to lameness, then you're usually attracted to it. You know, you might say, you know, well, I mean, maybe you were raised in, a, in an abusive family situation where maybe the father was abusive to your mother and you saw that that's what marriage uh, looked like and, and maybe you didn't see that was norm to you because that's all you ever saw. So when you get ready to get into a relationship, you know, it's hard for you, uh, for her to think that he's going to be any different than what her dad was because her dad was this and so how could this man be any different? And if he's too nice to her, then something must be wrong. So she usually passes him off and goes and finds what she's used to. Come on now. I don't understand why women go back to an abusive situation or why they're attracted to that. But you know what? We usually are attracted to what we're used to, what we're around, what, what we've accepted as our norm. Hmm. You know, even though you say that you don't want it, you usually end up choosing it because it's familiar. That's where your normal is. 
It's time to shake that thing up. It's time to break your normal and, you know, get into the supernormal. Amen. The supernatural. Hallelujah. You know, you might say, well, how do I keep getting tied up with the wrong man? Well, that's who you're choosing. That's what your normal is. That's what you've seen. And, and uh, you know, so you got to be careful. You're usually attracted to what you are exposed to. But God is passing your way. See, God's passing your way and is about to break your routine, about to get you out of your rut. And it says, he was lame from his mother's womb, crippled from birth. And any time that you've been lamed all your life, broke all your life, angry all your life, abused all your life, intimidated all your life, insecure all your life, fearful all your life, surrounded by that kind of people all your life, that's what you're usually Look for That's what you're attracted to because that's just all you know. But it's time to break that thing. Amen? You develop a norm there that's around a, a nasty situation, if we can call it that. And so your normal has, uh, is, is attached to this nasty situation. Has your normal become nasty? <laughs> See, he was, he was crippled. You know, from birth, and that was his normal. He just accepted that he was lame. So he built his routine. He built a rut around his normal. A routine is usually uh, is, is what you build around what you think that you can't change. Your routine is what you build around what you think you can't change. That's how it becomes a rut. Comfortable misery. There's another oxymoron. Comfortable misery? Really? He got comfortable in his misery, got comfortable with his lameness. Daily, it says, daily, they laid him at the gate called beautiful. Now, you know, he lost his expectation. Every day is the same. Didn't expect anything else. He woke up in the morning, same old, same old. Going to come, carry him, and, and get him and take him off and set him again. Again, he didn't expect to walk. He expected to be carried Every day he ended up in the same old spot, the same spot every day. You took a new job, but you ended up in the same spot. You dated somebody else, but you ended up in the same spot. Um, you know, daily, this routine would take you to the same old spot. You tried this and that, but you ended up in the same old spot. It's time to break that thing, that rut, and get out of that same old spot. You know, when everything looks the same, and it's like the lights go out. And you almost forget what day it is, because every, every day is the same day. Is it Tuesday? Is it, what is it? Is it Thursday? It looks like Friday, but I don't know. It might be Saturday. It's, uh, you know, or maybe Monday, because it all looks the same, and you don't have any expectation. The light just goes out because everything's the same. It's just the same old, same old every day. People, God didn't design us to live that way. Why should I prepare? You know, why should I get up and take care of myself? You know, I'm just gonna, it's the same old, same old. Why should I care? It's going to be the same old thing. Why should I expect? Why should I hope? You know, I, I'm going to end up in the same old spot. Why do I even care? You know, why should I read? Why should I get dressed? Why should I change? I read this story about this one lady, and she was... Uh, she was actually going to a counselor because she was really, she just couldn't find Mr. Right. 
And she was just so frustrated, and, and she was trying to, you know, online dating and stuff and find, get all these things that just lined up just right. And so uh, she had this date, and so she came back into her counselor. Her counselor said, well, how'd it go? She said, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. It was the worst date ever. And she said, well, what happened? She says, well, I went and did my yoga like always. And she said, and so, you know, uh, I thought, well, it's just going to be the same old guy, same old type of guy. She says, I went, when I walked in to where I was supposed to meet him, he was perfect. And the more he talked, he was perfect. Everything that I ever wanted, it was just him. And, and said, here I am, my hair's all messed up, no makeup on. I smell sweaty and everything from working out. And he said, it was just horrible. And I, and I felt so bad, I just ran out of there and I never came back. There you go. Because you just self-imposed limitations. She just thought she couldn't have what she always wanted. People were that same way. Sometimes we'll desire things and we'll cry, we'll complain to God. Why can't I get this and why can't I get that? Lord, I need this, Lord, I need that. And it's just like we're always griping and complaining. But then when it comes our way, we just think we can't have it. And so we don't even reach out to get it. I'm not challenged by life or anything because daily... I end up at the same old spot. Are you ending up in the same old spot every day, every day, every day? Come on. It's time to break free. It's time to break free. And you know, here's another thing. He was at the gate beautiful. Now, Josephus says that this gate was probably had gold leafing and silver leafing on it. It was gold and silver, beautiful gate. Others say that it was made of the Corinthian uh, bronze and, and various things like that. But it was a beautiful gate. It was a beautiful place to be. He was carried, it says, daily to the temple gate called beautiful. A gate is, means access. So here we find in the story an ugly problem at a beautiful place. An ugly problem at a beautiful place. Can you see it? He had an ugly problem, but he was at a beautiful place. Have you ever done, had that happen? You know, your life, everything in your life seems to just be just crazy. But, you know, everybody else around, it's just a beautiful place. Everybody else is going in. And here you are. You're, you're just near while everybody else is going in. Uh-oh, there it is. You always getting near, but never going in? Are you tired of just getting near, but never going in? And everybody else is just going in. And so, you know, pretty soon it's like, well, I don't, I don't those old people, you know, here they walk by and they, they got a raise, they got this. And so don't start talking nasty about me. If, I'm go, if my gate's there, I'm going into my gate. Don't get mad at me if I go into my gate. You go ahead and sit down in your rut, but I'm going in my gate. Oh, come on now. I'm going into my gate. I'm going to go on into my gate. How about you? You're going to sit there or are you going to go into your gate? You know, I, I don't want to just get near to something and not go in. Wow. An ugly problem at a beautiful place. Have you ever, you know, have you ever wondered how can everything look so beautiful and yet you still have this same old problem, the same old rut and and, you know, after a while, it's kind of like, you know, you're talking to somebody, and they're talking about how nice and how good their kids are and how good their kids are doing. And you're thinking, oh, man, I don't even want to hear that. And you start to get mad because my kids aren't doing that. Is that you? <laughs> or maybe they're talking about, oh, you know, I got a raise, and I got this. And pretty soon, you kind of feel it rolling down inside, and you're a little upset because they got a raise, and you didn't because you're at the same old spot. Don't get mad at somebody. You know what? If you get mad at the happy Maybe you're not, oh, I don't know about that. Maybe you're not walking into your blessing. If you see somebody getting blessed and you get mad at them getting blessed, what, who's, what's up? Who's in the wrong? 
You know, Jesus told the story about, about the man who hired some workers one morning, and they worked all day long. He, about mid-morning, he needed some more, so he hired them. Around lunch, he needed some more, so he hired them. And then in the afternoon, he needed some more, so he hired them. And then almost close, about an hour or so before quitting time, he needed some more help, so he hired some more. And then at the time when to get paid, those who only worked an hour, they're up at the front, and they're getting full pay for all day. And those at the back are saying, hey, wait a minute, we worked all day long. We're going to get the same pay. Sometimes we get mad at somebody when they're getting blessed. Cause, but you know what? You need to rejoice. How much are they getting? Oh, boy, I'm getting the same thing. You got to get excited. Oh, come on now. How can everything look so lovely and so good on the outside? And yet, you know, I've got an ugly secret on, my, on the inside. Have you got the ugly secret on the inside? How can it be the best of times and the worst of times? You know, when you're stuck in a rut... When you are falling short, when you're only getting near and never going in, sometimes we get mad at those that go in when we're still sitting, coming up. Uh Uh-oh. Come on now. Daily, he's laid at the gate called beautiful, but he's still got that ugly problem. Still got that ugly problem. And so sometimes we just settle for that same old, same old. And it stops him. That problem seems to stop him from getting beyond that gate, from getting, having access Every day he laid close to something that he just couldn't get into. Wow. You know, I almost got that job. Uh, I I, I almost fell in love with this one woman. Uh, I almost got out of, I almost got free. I almost got delivered. Come on, no more almost. How about going in, going on into your gate? Somebody say, look at three, tell three people, I'm going into my gate. I'm going into my gate. I'm going into my gate. Hallelujah. Is your rut keeping you out? That's the question. Is your rut keeping you out from going in? Sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, you know, people talk about, boy, you know, I wish we just had revival. Uh, There's been some revivals break out, you know, and they'll go for days, weeks, months. Oh, yeah? I've been in some of those. And they're good. They're fun. But you know what? If I'm in my rut, I don't want to get up out of my rut to go to church every day. Come on now. You know, we, we, we talk about it and we think about it and we, we visualize it. That would be so good. But, you know, are we really wanting it? There's some people that are sitting home today in their rut. They just couldn't get out of their rut to come because they just didn't expect anything anymore. Hallelujah. I hope you came expecting don't let somebody just carry you too close to the gate. you got to get on into the gate. When you come to church, you need to be like Peter and John. See, they were on their way to the temple. They were on their way to church. And what they had, they had enough on their way to church to, to, to lift him up and to raise him up and get him out of his rut and get him healed. That's the way. When we walk through those doors, we ought to be coming in already uh, in victory, already walking in victory. Hallelujah. Then Gabe and the praise team won't have to work so hard. Yeah. And I won't have to preach so hard. <laughs> Come on. But that, that was, they, were, they were on their way to church. But he was just sitting there in his same old rut, you know. And then pretty soon we, we start to say, well, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Maybe I'm not supposed to be happy. Maybe I'm not supposed to be loved. Maybe I'm not supposed to find the right woman or the right man. Maybe I'm not supposed to find the right job. Maybe I'm not supposed to get married. Maybe I'm not supposed to, you know. Have this type of career, and so we start to settle, and here we go. We're falling back into our rut. How many of you know people like that? Because it's sure not us. You know that. Amen. <laughs> anytime you don't go in, listen to this. Anytime you don't go in, 
you begin to make excuses for just getting near. I almost did. Or we say, you know, uh, well, I could have... I could have went in, I could have done this if it hadn't been so-and-so. You know, the teacher that I had in the such-and-such grade, you know, or my sisters, they never loved me, or my brother did this, or, or my coach, such-and-such. Such. You know, I almost did, but, you know, so-and-so. So we begin to make excuses for our incapacity. You know what incapacity is, don't you? It's inability to do something. And so our inability to do something, we begin to make an excuse about that because we got near, but we just didn't go on in. But, you know, maybe we just sat in our rut and we didn't do it. Come on now. Ouch. Somebody at least say ouch. Or oh me. If you can't say amen, say oh me. See, I, I preach this to myself many, many times before I brought it to you. I would have, I could have, I should have. But we just need to go ahead, you know. And it hurts because it seems like everybody else is going in, but we're just getting near. We're just getting near. And so we want to blame somebody. We want excuses. And, you know, the old saying, misery loves company. So he sat there with the lame people. And so what happens is we usually, you know, if you're having problems with your marriage, well, you know, you don't want to hang out with somebody that's having a wonderful marriage. <laughs> oh, God, oh, God. You know. Well, you find sister so-and-so that she's having some trouble too, then y'all go have lunch and you just talk about your old nasty husband. <laughs> well, I just can't believe you. Well, whatever, you know. <laughs> Isn't that true? You know, you, misery loves company. That's where they got that. Eh? <laughs> but the Lord wants you to know that you are at the gate. You're at the access. And you're at your opportunity. And it's time to rise up and to walk on in. You know, more often than not, we're just living life as what we expect. We're just living our life on, on what we expect, and we don't expect much more. We just get used to it because of our past, and we allow our past to hold us back from going on in. I don't know if y'all are getting this or not. When you make a routine out of being miserable, uh-oh. I said when you make a routine out of being miserable, you make everybody else miserable too. You know? No, uh, that routine, if you make a routine out of complaining, and if you, you know those people that, you know, that's all that you hear out of them is, is complaining and, and how miserable things are. Well, that's their routine, you know? But you don't like that type of person, so don't be that type of person, amen? amen. You know, some of you in such a rut that if you said something nice, you'd scare the kids. What's wrong with mama? <laughs> mama acting happy. <laughs> she must be on drugs. <laughs> you, know, you, you shake most people up that you came in contact with. You know? You're in such a rut that nobody recognizes you. And that's why that when he walked into the temple, everybody said, well, who is that? Who is that guy walking and leaping and praising? Well, wait a minute. I think that was the guy that was in the rut sitting outside the gate. But now he's in. And they says that they were full of wonder and amazement of this guy. People around you ought to just stand like, what happened to them? You can just say, I got out of my rut. I got out of my rut. <laughs> Is happy unusual to you? <laughs> then you're laying at the gate. If happy is unusual to you, then you're laying at the gate. Don't get mad at me. I'm just a mailman. I don't write this stuff. I just deliver it, okay? If, you, if happy is unusual to you, the Lord's saying that you're just laying at the gate. You don't have to lay there at the gate. You can go on in. You can go on in. Hallelujah. <laughs> don't be hating on... Those of us that are going to go on into our, 
our gate. I'm going to walk on into my gate. You know, people say, well, Pastor, you're too old now. No, I've been in ministry 40 years. This is 40 years. But you know what? I look back at Moses. He just really started at 40 years. You know? Caleb got a second chance. Boy, I, I think this is, a, this is a new time. This is a new time. This is, a, this is a, the year of victory. This is the time things are going to change. I'm not too old. I'm not too late. I'm not too fat. I'm not too short. I'm not too tall. I'm not too young. I'm not, don't be saying, you know, you just didn't say, no, huh? I'm not too whatever. Just get rid of all the twos and say, I'm going into my gate. I'm going into my gate. If God places a gate in front of me, I'm going into my gate. <laughs> That's what you need to say. I'm looking for my gate today. I don't want somebody to lay me close to the gate. I want to go through my gate. Oh, come on now. Somebody help me preach this this morning. Touch three people and say, go through your gate. Go through your gate. Go through your gate. Go through your gate. That's what you need to get set before you. I'm going through my gate. I'm having access. I have access today. I'm telling you, boy, this year can be your year of victory. You're going to come to your gate and you'll either fall back in your rut, in your complacency, in your comfort zone, into your routine, or you're going to rise up and say, I'm going into my gate. Hallelujah. Say, I'm going to break my routine. I'm going to break my routine. You ought to do something. I, I tell you what, I felt myself getting into a routine about a few months back, so I got a puppy. <laughs> I hadn't had a puppy for 40 years. You want something to break your routine? Get a puppy. <laughs> and about every hour, you're out walking and praying. You know, and things are changing. Amen. Some things are changing me. I'm getting a whole lot more prayer walks in. <laughs> Amen. You know, but shake it up. If you normally get up at 8, get up at 7. If you usually go to bed at, at 10 o'clock, go to bed at 11 o'clock or 9 o'clock or whatever. I don't, but shake it up. Break up your routine. Get out of your rut. Get out of your rut. Shake something up. Amen. Shake it up. So I'll always do this. Well, you know, it's good to get in certain habits. There, there, there's a certain discipline. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't be disciplined. We need certain things. We need certain disciplines in our life. But you don't need to let that discipline throw you into a rut. You know what I'm talking about? You know, even security says that they're watching. And, you know, if they're trying to protect somebody, they won't let them go the same way every time. If you always go to this Stop and go, and you get your this Starbucks, and you get your coffee at such and such time. If somebody wants to mess with you and take you out, all they got to do is they know your routine. You got to change up your routine. The devil is seeking to come and to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's trying to get you on your routine, and he'll try to hold you down. You need to just shake it up. You say, Well, I, I just never really was very, uh, you know, I never really shouted in church. Well, shout in church then. <laughs> just, just scare somebody. <laughs> You're liable to scare yourself. Just turn around, just like everybody says, well, who was that? <laughs> They'll never think it was you. Hallelujah. <laughs> your faith will never have anything to do if you just stay in your rut. But faith is exercised when you get out of your comfort zone, when you get out of your rut, when you begin to have to walk and leap and do things you've never done before. Do something you've never done before. Do something you've never done before. What somebody's told you you couldn't do, say, you know what? I think I'll just do that then. Just do it. Just try to do it. Just do it. It'll shake, it'll shake you up. It'll start to get you out of your rut. Come on. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but somebody's going to get something out of this. You need to get hungry. We need to get hungry. 
You know, I could teach you how, no, I don't know if I could teach you how to cook, but Debbie and Tammy and Frida, and some of y'all could teach how to cook. You know, you can take classes, you can take cooking classes, you can learn how to cook, but nobody can teach you how to be hungry. You just got to be hungry. I want to tell you, it's time we get hungry. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, hey, they're going to be filled. I said, I want to be hungry, Lord. I want to be hungry. Say, I want something new. I want something more. I've been hurt, but I want something. <laughs> I've been knocked down, but I want something new. Come on. Oh, I don't know. You know I've been near, but I want something new. I want to go in. I've been close, but I'm, I'm getting it now. I'm getting it now. Come on. You know, in 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, the prophet's there, and he goes to this woman, and he says, by this time next year, you're going to be holding a son. She goes, oh, don't, don't, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. I'll just get disappointed when it doesn't happen. Some people won't even take a prophecy. Oh, don't say that, because then when it don't happen, I'm going to get all discouraged. You're already setting yourself up to be discouraged, because you're already setting yourself up that it's not going to happen. How about faith that launches us? Amen, I accept that. I accept that. Amen. The Bible says that the next year, about that time, she was holding a son. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, since I never had, had any abundant life, you know, just lay me here close to it. I've never experienced the abundant life. I never experienced going through the beautiful gate. So just lay me close to it. You know, there wasn't anything wrong with his eyes or his ears or his mouth or his hands, you know, or anything else with his body. So the only thing that was wrong was, was his ankles and his feet. So he could hear what was going on at the beautiful at the temple. He was right there through, through the gate. He could hear what was going on. He could see what was going on. He could smell what was going on. He could do all those things, but he just couldn't walk on in. You know, maybe you've seen it. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you've been close to a, a, a move of God. Maybe you've been close to somebody that got blessed, but, and you heard it, and you saw it, and you felt it, and what, but you just never entered into it. I want to tell you something. You need to say, hey, I'm not sitting back. I'm not laying back. I'm going to walk on in. I'm going to get blessed. Come on. Boy, you talk about having church then. When you don't come to sit at the gate, but when you come to go through the gate, I tell you, we're going to have church then. Oh, I wish I had a church full of people that are ready to go through the gate. <laughs> I wish I had a church full of people ready to go through the gate. Amen. I wouldn't have to be preaching. We'd just be enjoying it. Amen. Hallelujah. Religion always has its own routine. Watch out. Religion has, a, you know, there was a lot of religious people walking by him, dropping coins into his cup. Religion was just passing him by. Maybe religion has just caught up with you. Maybe religion's passing you by. You're just watching for religion. But Peter and John, they came up and he says, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give it unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Hallelujah. Peter says, I know what you need, but I, uh, he says, I know what you want, but I, I got what you need, and rise up and walk. Oh, I got to shut this down, because y'all going to shut me down. It's past 12 o'clock. But I want somebody to rise up in here this morning. Will you stand to your feet with me this morning? Hallelujah. Say, I'm about to, to go to a new dimension. You see, that's what Peter basically told him. He says, you know, I, I don't have what you want, but I got what you need. I'm about to take you to a, a new dimension. I'm about to snatch you up out of your rut and take you to a new dimension. I tell you what, I think we got a new dimension that we can go to today. 
Turn to somebody and say, I'm rising up. And here's the thing. Listen to this. His recovery didn't look like his history. His recovery didn't look like his history. It changed because his, reco- his history was he couldn't walk. He, was, he laid by the gate. But his recovery was he walked in, he, walking and leaping and praising God. Nicole, he didn't have to have therapy. Nicole's a therapist. And, and if somebody had never walked and their ankles and their feet were, were messed up, they wouldn't have the, the muscle strength to do that. They wouldn't be able to do it. They'd never walked before. But I want to tell you something. He rose up. Don't let anybody tell you you can't. Say, well, you never have. You can't. Don't say, uh-uh. I'm getting it today. I'm going through my gate. Uh, somebody ought to shout today. Your victory is not going to look like your history. Don't, don't be walking around looking back like this. No, your victory is not going to look like your history. Are you ready to change what's ahead of you? Now, I got anybody in here today that's ready to rise up. Anybody in here ready to rise up? Come on, give the Lord praise this morning. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, he went walking, then he went leaping, and he went praising God. <laughs> he was walking. If you can't get through your, if you can't walk through your gate, roll through your gate. <laughs> if you can't roll through your gate, crawl through your gate. If you can't crawl through your gate, drag yourself through, but get through your gate. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a time. It's a ninth hour. It's time. Don't have nothing to do with politics. Don't have nothing to do. But it's just certain. There's a certain realm. There's a dominion. There's authority there. And so what God is saying, it's the ninth hour. It's time for us to move in. It's a strong time. It's a time of complete victory. Amen. It's time to press through right now. It's time to rise up. It's time to move on in. Tell your neighbor, say, get ready to walk. Get ready to to leap. Get ready to praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Are you ready for something wonderful? Something completely amazing? (laughs) Hallelujah. You know, it said there on the sides of the columns of that gate, it was inscribed on there, let no stranger pass through here with, uh, uh, with pain of death. You know, if a stranger passed through there, they were going to be killed. But I'm going to tell you something. You're no stranger. We're, we're heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Amen? You know, we have a godly heritage. You know, he supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Amen? Not according to what we think that we might have or what we might can do. It's time to break free from that. Paul told the Corinthians in the 15th chapter, he says, Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. When you're rising up to go through your gate, to, t- to enter into the blessing, say, it's through Christ I can do this. It's not my past. It's not my history. It's not where I've been. It's not how I've been knocked down, hurt, or shut out. But it's what now. Now I'm part of the family of God. I'm a child of God. I'm an heir to that. And I'm pressing in. I'm going to walk through my gate. Hallelujah. Say, I'm no stranger. I'm no stranger. Hallelujah. I'm walking through my gate. Let's pray this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time to rise up. Time to rise up. Salvation is a beautiful gate. Maybe you've just come near, but you haven't gone in. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, then you need to rise up and get out of your rut. And you, you say, well, I'm just, I'm going to get better. I'm, uh, when I get better, 
better than I'm going to come to Jesus. No. You don't, you wouldn't need a Savior, then you wouldn't need Jesus if you could do it. It's because you can't do it. That, that's why he's there. So now is the time of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. If you're not sure that you're a child of God, if you're not sure of eternity, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not sure, but I'm not staying back anymore. If anybody here, you don't know that you're a child of God, and you say, I need, I, I want to receive him. I want to be a part of the family of God. Anybody here? Anybody here? Maybe you need to be set free from some habits that keep holding you back. Maybe, again, you got a, a, a nasty problem at a beautiful place. And maybe you've been holding it in. Today's the day that you're going to break that thing. So I'm breaking free from that. Whatever's holding you back, you know what it is. Maybe you've fought it, you've dealt with it, but you can break it today. See, he needed a little bit of help to get him up. Even they said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but he didn't stand up when he said that. It was when Peter reached out and yanked him up, that's when he went walking and leaping and praising God. Today, I want to yank you out of your old nasty habit, whatever's been holding you back. Because the devil will tell you, because of that, you can't get this. Because of that, that's your disability, that's your lameness. Because of that, you can't go through God's best. Well, it's time to lay that thing down. It's time to break that that habit, that rut, and get out of it. In the name of Jesus, Father, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you know. And it's okay. It's between you and them. But, Father, I'm, I'm believing right now that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that they're coming up out of that habit right now that's been holding them back. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody say yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Restoration. Restoration is the beautiful gate. Some of you need to walk on into restoration. You've been hurt. You've been wounded. You've been, you felt like that you, don't, that you just can't even get enough happy to go on in. You're just so hurt and the devil just left you lame. You feel like that you're just sitting near and you see other people walking on. You see other people happy. You see other people enjoying this or enjoying that. But yet there's that hurt. There's that, that, that wound that's there. God says today he wants to restore you. It's time to rise up. Rise up. Rise up. When you sense that, I'm sure that when he first started up, when Peter yanked him up, he was probably saying, I can't walk. I can't stand up. But something changed. He said, I will stand up. I will walk. Today you need to say, I'm being restored. I'm laying that hurt, that wound. I'm laying it down. My, my, my victory is not going to look like my history. So from this day forward, I'm walking forward. I'm going to enjoy the blessing. I'm going to act like what I haven't been acting like before. I'm going to begin to do what I haven't done. Start doing what you haven't done. Maybe you stopped going certain places because you got discouraged and depressed and you begin to just isolate yourself and maybe somebody hurt you. But you know what? Get up. It's time to get up. Rise up in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. Revival is a beautiful gate. Revival is a beautiful gate. Maybe you've just been close to it, but you never entered into it. It's time you begin to have revival every day in your life. When you come to church, you'll be revived, and you begin to revive somebody else. You need to be like Peter and John when they went to the temple. They were ready. They were fired up. They said they were ready. They had the Spirit of God in them. Hallelujah. We need some anointed 
parking lot attenders that, that when people come in, they can yank them up out of their rut. Some hostesses, host and hostesses that when people walk through, that you can shake their hand and yank them up out of their rut. Light Christian Center needs to be different when people come in, that they get out of their rut and they go through their gate, their beautiful gate. Come on, somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Rise up. Rise up. Come on, shout it out. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord praise this morning. Is that all you got? Come on, praise him this morning. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, today, we just tell you today, Father, we, we worship you today. And Father, we tell you that we're rising up. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for yanking us up out of our rut. Thank you for coming where we are. Thank you that you come right by us, but you don't leave us like religion. You yank us up out of our rut. Father, let other people see us and say, man, what happened to you? Say, man, I got out of my rut. Lord, let people be amazed and wonder. Father, there's people that have been in a spirit of infirmity has hit them and has put them into a rut. Father, I speak healing right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I challenge you that if you've been walking in sickness and illness and it's limited you, do what you couldn't do. Begin to do what you couldn't do. And say, I'm getting out of this thing. I'm getting out of this rut. Begin to do what you couldn't do. Amen. Amen. Now let's just pray together. And I want you to, I want you to tell the Lord that you're rising up. Father, right now, each one of us, before your throne today, it's with your strength. It's in you that we live and move and have our being. We give you thanks for the victory because it's through you that we are able to do this. Father, when we get ready to settle down into our rut. Yank us up, Holy Spirit, yank us up. Jolt our spirit and and challenge us to do what we think we couldn't do or what we begin to settle for. Help us to, to not settle for that but to do something different. That we go walking and leaping and praising God through our gate that we haven't walked in before. Father, I give you praise. Father, we're just releasing that right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, say, I I believe it. I believe it. Say, I'm rising up. Tell three people, I'm rising up. Give your neighbor a high five. (laughs) Say, I'm rising up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, let me pray a blessing over you this morning. As we go out of here, Light Christian Center, go out to be a light. Don't go out to be a rut. Don't go out to be a... Pull somebody down. Go out to lift somebody up. See if you can yank somebody out of their rut. Just be full of the Spirit of God. Father, right now, I thank you for this people. I thank you for our church. And, Father, I thank you that that you are in us. It's in you that we live and move and have our being. And, Father, I ask that you would just uh, give us divine opportunity right now to come into contact with people that we can, just like Peter said, I don't have what you want, but I have what you need. Father, that we would be willing to take the time that we can invest in somebody else that they can get up out of their rut. Father, I just release your anointing upon your people. This is is just the base of of operation, Father. We walk out these doors to go into the field of labor. Help us to see a need and meet it. Help us to find a hurt and heal it. In Jesus' name, amen.